Yeah. Why, why do you like this song so much? Why do I like it so much? Yeah. Because it's, it's a build up, build up, and then it goes into that. Like, dang, and, and then talking about you've got a reaction. Because we, we want reactions. We want stand up. So, guys, uh, welcome to Hang with Wing. I know it's been a while, guys. I'm very sorry. Uh, podcast took a hiatus. Uh, once the pandemic hit, I just had to just kind of adjust to the new life. And I got caught up with TikTok. But guys, the TikTok is blowing up. I'm, I was, everyone was telling me, go on TikTok, go on TikTok. And I was like, I don't want to go on there because I didn't know how to do the pew, pew, pew. It's a chop. <laughs> I'm a savage. And, and all those crazy dances. And I thought like you had to do that on TikTok. So someone finally was like, dude, just do you like put your videos that you threw on Instagram. Next thing you know, I start putting up these videos and bro, shit starts popping off. Like I'm, I'm checking my feed and literally on any platform I've ever been on. This is single handedly the most followers, the most likes, the most everything I've ever done in such a fast short of time and the video that got the most viral which is hilarious is like this video that i did back in i think 2013 um it was at a vfw war post so before i bring on my next guest i want to let you guys know that so i went in there and uh it's you know i don't know if you've seen the movie the mule these war posts where veterans they go hang out they have they have a drink it's their own little like social club so i go in there and i do this bit and uh, I just started freestyling with the crowd. So I, I, I go out in the crowd. And I go, is anyone here a veteran? One guy raises his hand and goes, I'm a veteran. And I go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. My, my, my dad was a veteran too, but uh, he fought you guys on the opposing side. Everyone starts laughing. I was like, ah, this is not a joke. I, I'm here to avenge my father's death. Was it you, you fucking asshole? And like everyone's just dying, right? Because I'm the only Asian guy in there and they're all Vietnam veterans. So people are just, I was like, I've been studying you, but this is a Van Damme movie. And like, I didn't think much of it, but the great thing is I recorded it and uh, I threw it on TikTok. And I'm keep in mind, this video is so old. The quality is like bad. I put subtitles, bro. It's at 130,000 views. It's gotten 30,000 likes. The heart's got a thousand. You know, when you like, like a comment, that's got a thousand likes. And I'm just, I'm just tripping out because the only reason i did that show is my friend tony here who is also a stand-up comedian producer family man uh jack of all trades uh he used to run these shows at these war posts and basically you know call comics up be like hey here's a little gas money can you come do some time and the great thing about doing time at these shows were like you could go in there and literally do these long sets where in Hollywood, if you're a comic, you, you can't get more than three to five minutes because it's just so damn uh, crowded and overly saturated. And the great thing about Tony's shows was he always just put on his good friends. He gave us like all the time we needed. And he paid out of his own pocket. 
to get every comedian there, he'd give you 20, 25 bucks. And honestly, when you're an up and coming comic in this game, anyone who breaks you off with a little something to get to where you need to be is like the fucking best feeling in the world. It is the most awesome thing because it's common sense, you know, and, and I always like respected my friend Tony because he is, um, he's just a dude with a lot of common sense and it's not because he's paying people out. No, it's because he knows that people's time is money and he knows how hard the grind is. Cause he is a co comedian himself that he knows like giving someone a little gas money is going to help. And, and that helped literally to this day, like it has shaped me to the comic I am. And I will say right here on this podcast, I would be nowhere in comedy the way I am now. Not to say like I'm this national headliner, but in terms of my personal gross and the level I'm at without guys like Tony. And uh, I, that's why I wanted to bring this dude on today and just like, man, say thank you for all the spots. And, uh, you know, creating these platforms and shit like that. So, uh, yeah, how did you how did you get into the, into the comedy game? Well, first of all, I want to just say, George, you're one, you're one of the go-to guys. I'm thankful to have you. When I have to produce a show, you're like one of the first, if not the first comic I call because I know you're going to help kill it. So I appreciate your talent. That's why <laughs> anytime I can hire you. I love it, man. I call you. I'm like, shit, I got a show? Okay, I got to call George. <laughs> yeah, dude, you came out of the gate. This guy produced so many shows. Uh, he was headlining um, the Brea Improv like his second year. Um, he's worked with like the biggest names. Didn't you do something like Rob Schneider or something? Or Rob Schneider. Uh, I was on the same <laughs> billboard with him but you know yeah so yeah we were not there but <laughs> how did you get into comedy like just uh um, how long how did you get into it well i wanted to be a comic as long as i can remember so uh so were you growing up were you like the funny guy were you the class clown i always try to be funny but not so much class clown uh i've always tried to be like witty funny you know a clown is gonna do dumb stuff and uh uh i wasn't into that kind of funny i was trying to be funny where you're like quick on your feet i was trying i'm not that quick <laughs> were you funny though like would you yeah. say like people knew you as a funny guy like if yeah. i were to ask do a documentary and ask like childhood friends would they remember tony for being funny yeah yeah that's for sure but I always had like, uh, like a limit. Like I didn't, I, I was, I was too scared to go too far. So that's why I would be funny only if I knew for sure it was going to be funny. So, um, I was always really like careful of what I would do and say, because I would be worried that it wasn't going to be funny. Uh, so you were like analytical funny. Yeah. Like you wanted to make sure that shit was, was funny. Yeah. yeah. So I needed to know for sure. Um, but so, yeah, my nice. thing that trips me out is you started comedy like late into your career. I know you're already like, you know, he's, he's guys, a family has two kids, beautiful kids. Shout out to Nikki, AJ Chandler. Um, but, uh, you know, he's raised his family and then just out of the blue, you just get up and start doing stand up. 
Well, the, the story is I had a business, but I started when I was like 19, 20. And um, we, I joke about this on stand up how I, I got married the Mexican way. I knocked her up first. So, <laughs> and then our, our five our year old was our ring bearer, you know. So uh, that's one of the bits. Uh, but uh, was that, that the bit, the, uh, the the ring bearer was one of your kids? Was one part of the bit? Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, so uh, we got pregnant at like I was twenty one, so that's pretty old for a Mexican, but uh, that's pretty young for normal people. And uh, so I went into just having to work, take care of my my girl and my kid, and then um, eventually getting married. And then 2008, business went down because of the economy. And um, right about 30, 31, uh, I was totally like, not rock bottom, but, you know, I was kind of down. And I thought, well, shit, whatever, just do, do whatever that uh, makes you happy in life. So I decided to start doing comedy. So I went out to, of course, I figured I have to go to Hollywood. The Ha Ha Cafe out there was the first place I went to in North Hollywood and uh, did a competition. And it was a month long. And um, I told myself if I placed, then I'm going to keep going. So I took second place. Oh, shit. Nice. Out of like 68 comics. No way. um, Who got first? uh, my, My good friend, Gabriella. Francis. Yes. Oh, Gabriella nice. Francis. Shout out Gabriella. Yeah. yeah. She's an awesome person and funnier than me. <laughs> so she won. Well, that's a pretty good out the gate second place beating out CC Comics. Yeah. That's it was my 10th good... time ever being on stage. Well, do you remember the bit you told to get second place? Um, no. no. I was all over the place. It's up on YouTube. Okay. So then you get second place and you're like, I got to do this. Yeah. That's what I said. First, second, or third, if I placed. That's what I said to myself. Then we'll keep going. So I, I just did. And then, Kept going. Started the VFW room. Starting meeting comics. Who taught you how to, to open rooms? Was it Kano? Mike Kano? Mike Kano was my first uh, helper, first mentor. I remember, yeah, he booked that first VFW. And that's show. how I met you. Because you. I remember. Was that the. No, that was a different night I did that bit, but. No, I don't know if it was. Cause I, I missed had, that room. That was I, one of my favorite rooms. I know. Dude. It was sick. Um, so many great, uh, I met Vince Royale at that room. Um, dude, that bartender was so cool. Is his name Tony? The bartender, the little, the, this Marty, Marty. Yeah. Marty. God, man. You know what I love at these bars is like at the time, um, I was a big drinker. Mm. So you would go to these bars and like, you're getting booked to do these shows, but these guys would just fucking he gets so hammered <laughs> yeah he charged you like for comics it was mostly free drinks yeah i would get you guys free this drinks. guy would literally like you you like if you left there and got home you didn't know how you got home <laughs> like you so got he hooked it up he yeah. hooked it up dude i mean like jack all the way and then he would go up and do comedy yeah well the thing is is um i learned real quick i i would i was told Pablo Francisco is one of my favorite comics, and I've followed him since I was 18 years old. And I would talk to him, hey, how do I do what you do? And he's like, well, you got to go to open mic nights for starters. You got to start like that. So once I won that competition, I thought, okay, I got to start going to open mic nights. And I go to these places, and there's nobody in the audience. 
That's mm. what, but like, I only went a few times because I find out, I figure out shit right away, you know. And then you're like, this is a waste of time, well, this right? This is bullshit. It Whereas is a waste of time. There's no audience, and your audience usually is just other comics, and they're not even listening to you because they're writing down their jokes. How, that, how that, I mean, we all as comedians have to go through that grind mm-hmm. of the open mic bar fucking coffee shop. Uh, dude, yeah. you could literally tell a joke at the improv, walk off stage to like, a fucking standing ovation tech practically from how funny that joke was and then tell that same joke at a coffee shop with comics <laughs> and re-question everything <laughs> why am i doing this fuck this whole game yeah. so i figured i was working at the vfw as a bartender and the bar manager uh was so cool he just was like i asked him because they had a little stage there the the room only holds a maximum of 60 people so it's not a big place. <laughs> and um, so I decided, shit, I'm going to make my own audience. So I started the room. I asked Gabriella to help me out, and she did, which is so cool of her. And that's how I got started by meeting comics through Gabriella. But that wasn't the issue. The issue was I needed to provide an audience. So I would seriously get – I would tweak out. I don't – not literally. I don't do drugs, but – uh, I would totally just freak out about calling every person I know. And I know a lot of people. And so I would just, I needed to fill that room up. So um, I started to do that. And when people started hearing that I was doing comedy, they started to support. After doing. They started to support. Yeah. They started to support like big time. And so this small room would fill up. You know, so I started meeting comics and they're looking to do some time, a workout room. And they heard about my room through other comics that started coming in and they would trip out because they would actually have an audience. So that's what I was all about. I was kind of more, I'm more into producing than actually doing the stand up, I guess, looking at it because a producer is the one that's supposed to make sure you got a packed room, you got a great show, and all that. So, kinda... you've always done pretty good, though. All your shows, um, like I know the Bray Improv. When you do a contract, they have like a some sort of um, like a requirement, right? A minimum of this many people. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I started meeting more comics. Uh, I met Julio G, Julio Gonzalez, and. Um, he asked me if I have ever done the improv and I said, no. And so he asked me if I'd like to do it. I did. And, um, he vouched for me for the improv and that's how I got my first show is through him vouching for me. And then you have the responsibility of filling the room as a producer. So I was only two, two and a half years into the game. I didn't even know how to be a real solid comic, but I was given this opportunity. So, uh, I felt more pressure to get people in the show rather than the pressure of performing really well. So it was kind of it was kind of weird. I got thrown in, and that's it. So would you say, like in your comedy thing, you felt like you were more of a producer than a comedian? Yeah, yeah, that's how it felt. What um, What did you want out of it more, being a producer or a comedian? Well, I wanted more money. <laughs> So the producer is the one that makes the, all the money. Just that's like a, true. Yeah. Just like movies. 
yeah. the actors. Yeah, oh, you think they're millionaires? Yeah, they are. But is it pretty which, decent pave like for anyone who maybe doesn't want to get into the comedy per se, but they want to start producing? Um, if you let's say you blow out a room at uh, the Improv, sold out, everyone buys the two drink minimum. Is it a, is it worth the all that headache to produce? No, nah, not really. No, really. It's so no. it's not that much. Uh, oh no, it is a, a good amount. Um, I don't really like to talk numbers with money. You know. No, no, no. Don't go numbers. Just is, is it like for an aspiring producer who would want to get into the game of producing shows? It depends on um, the venue. Well, no. If we're talking about the improv. I'm saying it just depends on um, if you're willing to put in the time. It's like all day, every day. If we have a show coming producing, up. Producing, right? Yeah. Um, promoting. Well, yeah. Producing. I, I tie promoting into producing. So to to fill up a room, let's say, oh, shit, you got a show in a month. You got to be like messaging people, calling people, commenting on all the social media to people. I mean, you ha- it's it's a lot of time. It's very time-consuming. It's a lot of time. Yeah, very and, and that's why I've always, like, you know, I, it's one thing to perform, but I've always gave it up for the producers. Like, to to see a show consistently packed out, sold out, and a lot of things comics hate, and you can relate to this, is we don't want to – most comics don't want to promote. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to put, like, one picture flyer up. Yeah. But they're not, like – doing the legwork the way you're doing that's it if you're producing the show it's all you pretty much i mean you think of improv and it's like oh yeah it's a top um room you can do because it's across the country so to perform at an improv you're doing pretty good because next step is getting into theaters and stadiums and that's that's when you're nuts that's when you're like a, a really big name but um it's a uh, it's, it's constant work. It's all day, all night. You've done a lot I, in your career. I know. Yeah, you've done so many improv shows. Uh, have you done anything at the comedy store? No, right? Yeah, you did. You yeah. produced something there? Not a producer. No, I just was invited to perform there a few times. Yeah, yeah. But mostly, you're producing stuff as improv. Just improv, yeah. Ontario? Did you want to Ontario? No, just, just Brea. Brea. That's like my home base. Because I, that's basically where I grew Did up. Did you do it at the new Brea? Uh, when they reopened? I haven't produced at the new Brea Improv yet. Yeah. Not yet. But uh, I've performed plenty of times. One of my favorite rooms you produced was the Fullerton one. Oh, yeah. With the private room for the comedians in the back. A slide bar. And we did a podcast. And you used to do the slide bar in the OC. Was that yours? Yeah. Yeah, what happened to the slide bar in OC? You know, that's a famous venue for, like, bands. and. That's why. Was I, that your shit? Yeah. It was. I produced that, yeah. Oh, my God. I went in there and, I mean, just real quick, you know, if, if you see a place, this is kind of like producing 101. You see a place that has potential and you want to do all the legwork, like you're talking, you go in there, you find, you say, ask for the manager, you tell them that you want to do a comedy show and, and work out details and 
obviously you have to tell them you're going to fill the room up and that's all they care about really they don't care if you're funny or not they care if they want gonna, liquor sales yeah they want uh, their money is the key so um you go in you ask them and you, you do a show and see what happens and do you have to pay a lot of money up front out of pocket or no it- no you work out a like a bar no, you were gonna deal a percentage or or ticket sales or um, just a set uh, amount. You can deal with the the owner or or manager of a place, and so of course I grew up going to downtown Fullerton. I went to Cal State Fullerton, so that's right around where I would always be hanging out. So I knew that the slide bar was uh, a six spot. And I went in there and yeah, I hooked up the deal and they were behind it. And I filled up that room, which is like three times bigger than the VFW. So that was even harder. Yeah, work. you used to really fill that place out. And that was even harder. <laughs> People don't realize what it takes. It's a lot. No, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's night and day posting, texting, inviting. Yeah. messaging, emailing, yeah. calling. Non-stop. Non-stop. You got to do it all day, every day. Those are some of my funnest nights. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I was – I would go to these shows, and then by the time the show was done, we would just get so drunk. <laughs> yeah. It, it would just be hard to remember some of these nights. <laughs> but – yeah, you, so what happened with the sidebar? The deal fell through? Like, what happens when... Because I remember every show you put there was great. And then you don't do it anymore. Yeah. Is it... There, um, there was, like, politics. There was, like, little drama. And I didn't really... You don't know the real story, you know, if uh, something... There was a... There was a little drama of an owner of another place... Or a manager of another place that was not too far away, and they had come into the show, and then I had said something to them about the show, and then I think they talked behind my back, and because the last show I did, it was it was packed, it was full, so there's always drama going on with this stuff too. That's why it's so hard. It's really hard. So I can't tell you exactly, but. Yeah, they're like, well, it's meant for just bands. I dude, I was there for months. Were they hating on you? Because they're is that the politics thing? Was they were doing stand up at a band spot? That's the thing. That's I, was I that what they were mad at? I don't know. That's what sucks. But I, what I don't know. Th- this is what's retarded as a business owner who you know wants to attract people to their venue, and you're known as an entertainment area. This man comes in and brings you a sold out crowd. And then you, all of a sudden, they don't want to work with you. Yeah, it's just weird. That's weird. What a fucking... That's pretty dumb as a business owner. And I'm sure maybe it was like, why are they doing stand-up at a rock venue? Blink-182 plays here. What do they care, though? Their money. So it was... That's one of the mysteries of my little career. You know, I don't know. But... um. It was cool because it was close to the time that I was getting um, my own show at the Improv. Okay. So it was it, right around that same time. So I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm doing the Improv now. 
So I, that's why I really didn't investigate. That's why I really didn't get butt hurt. Cause I was like, oh, fuck you guys. I wanted bigger things. So it was like a stepping stone. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. So that's why I didn't really care. It's like, whatever shit happens. What's your feeling now? Like not being able to do stand up, not being able to produce. Um, I know you've gone, you know, back to your other side to hit hustles. Um, are you missing the stage a lot? You, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back up. It's been crazy, right? Like this is the longest I think anyone's ever been. Yeah, it's been no like shows. I think we had a show we were gonna do. Yeah, I had a show. I believe there was a show where in somewhere. Um, what in, the hell was that one? <laughs> I forget. I remember it was uh, another. Was it a VFW show? No, it was a private show. It was a. It was a corporate. It was a corporate event, actually. Yeah, it's just insane how much uh, this COVID thing affects comedy in every aspect. Yeah, it sucks. Have you done a Zoom show yet? I don't know. I have no interest in doing. That. I don't want to do it either. Uh, I get asked a lot, and um, I've seen it. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, there's stand-up comedy on Zoom, and Zoom has those like people and the different things. So it's almost like an open mic where you'll tell a joke and everyone in their little square laughs or doesn't laugh. <laughs> yeah. And it's I'm a, it's a weird – and you are still playing the comics. That's the thing. Yeah. No, I need the I need the flesh and blood. I need them all right there in front of me. I need an audience so I can see you. Yeah. The real shit. I can't – I don't know. I just – I don't even want to do it. So I'm just waiting, anticipating – getting ready for my first show that will come as soon as this uh, stupid virus thing's lifted. That's all I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, what just, no, I have no idea. It was supposed to be, how long have you been doing comedy for now? Uh, a little over 10 years. Really? Oh shit. It's been 10 years. Since I did my first, uh, did I meet festival. you when I met you? Were you already involved? I had just started. Okay, damn! If you're ten years, does that mean I'm twelve years? Yeah, you were two years in because okay. you had already performed the Ontario Improv. So I'm about twelve years in. Yeah, you're about twelve. I'm about ten, give or take, whatever you know. So just to let you guys know, that's how long it takes, literally, well, to get comfortable. Oh, yeah. I'm still working on getting comfortable. <laughs> but um, Kevin Hart, 20 years he was in, then yeah. shit started happening. So, yeah, this takes time. That's well, for sure. What's your ultimate goal with all of this? Do you want to be a full-time comedian? Do you like life how it is? The first primary goal was to become an actor. I wanted to be an actor. That's it. But Did you I take theater and stuff in high school? Nah, I did drama like my senior year just for fun. But um, that was the main goal. But then once you start getting into the game and start learning things, like I'm not going to suck dick to get a role. So I think uh, I won't make it in Hollywood. <laughs> so you just gave up on the acting? No, I just went, you know what? I'm not going to even worry about the acting. I'm just focusing on the stand-up. That's the passion. That's the art. That's so, the art. And you know, the art will leave, lead into all the other stuff. Yeah, you never know. It all comes with it. Yeah. 
but we can create our own shit, which is what we're going to do. Yeah. And go from there. That's kind of like was my incentive in the beginning. Like when, when I started the VFW, it was real quick that I realized it sucks going to open mics. There's nobody there. So this is kind of like along the same lines where, yeah, I wanted to be an actor, but it's fine. The passion is a stand up. So I'm going to go with that. That's because like that's my thinking was I'd go to open mics and I figured there'd be a shitload of people out there watching you, but that, that didn't, that wasn't the way it goes. So, you know, you figure things out. Yeah. Learn as you go. So I don't know. Just make a lot of money doing stand up. That would be cool. But it seems cool. Like, you know, why like Tony is, He's like a well-rounded dude, you know. Like I know a lot of comedians right now, man. They 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 don't even have work because there's no comedy, and they're they're definitely not getting by on Zoom shows. So uh, you know, Tony's always had his little side hustle, and he's been able to like hold it down for his family and still do all these things. And um, which is a cool reminder to everyone out there who who does comedy or who wants to do comedy that. It doesn't always have to be the end all give all, you know, like not all of us will be George Lopez. Not all of us will be Eddie Murphy. Not all of us will be um, Joe Coy. Joe Coy. You know what I mean? Like it just has, it has a lot to do with how far you want to go. Uh, just, you know, so that's why I like to, you know, deal with people who do comedy and just to realize like, it is a part, a big part of who we are and what we do, but it is okay to live a normal life outside of comedy, provide for your family, you know, and then, you know, do whatever you, you have with your time. Like today we, uh, we got contracted to make a, a funny commercial for a friend. And then, you know, Tony had this great idea about making a YouTube video. And the thing about that is we're always using that comedy muscle mm. in other platforms. Like it doesn't matter if it stops on the stage because right now a lot of comedians, um, because there's no stage, just want to go AWOL or idle or take this time to reflect, which is all good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like a lot of you guys, I love you. I get it. Take this time to like really, you know, reflect and, and, uh, you know, re refresh. But for guys like me, I need to get my comedy out, um, constantly. Like I'm not producing shows, but I'm producing videos. I'm making small things for TikTok, making things for Instagram. I'm doing things for my story. Like I, I just always want to be a constant uh, source of entertainment in the realm of comedy on all these platforms. And for the longest time, you know, I felt like I reached a plateau. And now with this TikTok thing, what TikTok has shown me and the one thing I just doubted about ever going on in the first place, you never know who's watching. It's like that... Um, it's like the story I told my friend Tony about a guy uh, when I started a broadcast who donated 10 grand to my broadcast because he loved it so much. 
And then when I asked him why he would donate that much, he said, well, maybe you don't think you're worth that much. And that made me think about everything. And so whatever it is that you love that comes naturally, whatever resource you can take advantage of, you can. Because right now everyone is at home. Everyone is eager to be stimulated or entertained. And as an entertainer, as a comedian, as a whatever, a content creator, this is your duty to keep these these people like in a light mood. You know, me and Tony were driving around LA shooting the skit today, and I was just tripped. I was tripped out to see uh, the 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 just the non amount of people around at all on these busy LA streets that were normally just packed with people everywhere. I mean gone the only people we saw were like this one weird bum girl i think she was uh o- over i don't know she was like on for sure she was on heroin and she was sleeping on the on the asphalt like in the middle of the of the of the sidewalk in la <laughs> but with a tablet right she had like she had a like she she was we knew she was homeless by you know what she was doing and the flies mm. but we didn't know it just seemed like she was almost like a normal girl in her house <laughs> on the streets of la yeah, like she had her tablet she had a coloring book <laughs> and the whole thing is we were shooting the sketch uh for this uh chimichanga commercial we we're doing for a friend shout out miss jimmy uh we wanted to be like someone steals our chimichangas because they're so delicious and it's one of these homeless people. So while these people were either knocked out off of heroin or like, you know, maybe they did too much meth that day. I mean, these people are on one. We had to superimpose our our Miss Chimmy and do like product <laughs> marketing. But next right next to them while they're like passed out on drugs or whatever it is. And it was just really funny because it was just like, wow, I, I don't know. I, I cannot even picture. I cannot picture being like in midday tripping balls to wall off heroin, sleeping in the middle of the street with my yeah. tablet out. It's like <laughs> flies all around me. Dude, I can't believe you had a tablet. Yeah, so that was that was a trip. But um, yeah, we're just looking forward to get through this pandemic, and hopefully, uh, when the when everything starts to reopen, start getting back on stage again. Mm-hmm. And you're looking to produce something soon, or anything in the works? Yeah, as soon as possible. Uh, I had a, a few things that were um, coming up, so I was lining them up. Uh, we had a new opening out in. Um, um, out there, where's that? Off Imperial in 91. Okay. The hell is that? Anyways, a, a new spot opening. The owner contacted me and offered like way more than I thought. And I said, yeah, we're going to get it. This was before the pandemic hit? Yeah, right before. That was one of the big deals. I was like, how much money? <laughs> and then he got shut down. <laughs> I'm like, 
yeah, I'll do it. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that got shut down. That was going to be a, a good one. Anaheim Hills. God, an idiot. Out in Who Anaheim was on Hills. that show anyways? Do you remember who you booked for that one? No, I didn't even book it yet. Oh, I was gonna, you were gonna? No, you were gonna be on it as long as you're available. And uh, my other go-to comics. So we had just sealed the deal. I had gone out there and I told him what we needed, and he's like, "Oh, I'll do that. I'll get everything you need." And then all of a sudden, the pandemic. Dude, hit. they had because there's a lot of money in Anaheim Hills. Yeah. They're... Anything with the fucking hills, you're good. <laughs> yeah, Laguna good. Hills, Anaheim Hills, Baldwin Hills, Beverly, Beverly Hills. hills. <laughs> Why is everything near a river or lake shitty? Like Riverside, uh, Joshua Lake. I don't know. Like it's always the hills. That's yeah. uh, it's like money. Yeah. Because you're up above everybody, looking down. Is that what that is? That's what I assume. <laughs> I mean, the hills. Yeah, I'm from the hills. I'm from the fucking hills. The hills of Beverly. I could only imagine if there was no corona right now, how many shows we had probably had have done together. Oh, dude. But this is a good thing, man. Has it uh, done anything for you in terms of like bringing your family together? Is it how's it at home being with your family all the time? Well, because here's the thing. Do you feel like Jack Nicholson in The Shining? No, <laughs> I would if I didn't have other things going on you know so like you're always you said, busy you know i'm a hustler i am a hustler yeah so whether it's a, a so you're work. not home anyways you're working no yeah but if i was yeah call me jack do you get a little paranoid being out in the work space thinking about the covid shit or you know what i don't do I... people are people masked up and stuff no no, you get tested on your way in. Every person into this project get, we're doing for the stadium. You get tested before COVID on the way in? You get tested for temperature. Oh, if you have a temperature, you can't come in. So, And your like, temperature has been pretty good? It's like that. I'm not a sick – I have a really good immune system. That's good. That's just that's just it. So I don't, I, don't really, I don't get sick very often at all. Maybe once a year, maybe. Well, so what do you do to boost your immune system? You eat a lot um, of vegetables, fruits, vitamins. Um, I think because I'm Mexican. You just, yeah. A lot of lemon. I think a lot of Mexicans have good immune systems. <laughs> yeah, because they don't give us medicine they don't, they a little. Don't, they don't give a fuck. You just drink 7-Up all day. Yeah, just <laughs> drink a 7-Up. Drink like a 7-Up. Yeah, drink 7-Up and eat a Happy Meal. And uh, lemon. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just, I'm not. It bugs having to wear these masks. But, um. Yeah, so since I can't do stand-up, I'm focusing more on, because uh, I'm an electrician, so I'm focusing more on that, mm -hmm. and then I do work on cars on the side and stuff. So I'm always doing something, so that's why... To keep yourself occupied. Yeah, making money. Yeah, I'm that's always good. about making money, that's, you know... So you're like a money guy. Hustler. That's good. You gotta be a hustler. Yeah, well, you started at a young age, you told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, a lot of times people come into comedy and they want to do the comedy and live the dream, but not all of us live the dream. Well, uh, that's what they told me in the beginning. They're like, quit your job. 
quit everything, just do comedy. That's it. And it's like that doesn't the when you have kids and fucking a wife. Good <laughs> yeah. luck, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you can't do you it. can't do that. You it, yeah, if you're single and you're living with your mom, for sure. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that, but there comes a life where you got to man up, take responsibility, grab life by the balls, eat a Miss Chimmies, and right. say fuck it. Take a picture in front of a homeless guy dying of heroin, <laughs> and use it as your product placement. <laughs> yeah, genius. Exactly. So, okay, uh, do we have any plugs? Do we got anything coming on, uh, hopefully in the future? We have a big uh, YouTube project coming up. Yeah. We're going to do a remake of Happy. Okay. Because in these sad times, a lot of people are depressed and down. And and me personally, that's just what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to make people happy, make people laugh. I realize that's what I'm That's your purpose. So... A lot of people, that's good that you know that that that's a purpose of yours. That's the you, thing, yeah. Yeah. I realized that maybe a couple of years ago. I didn't even realize why I wanted to do stand-up. Um, but that's why. it's That's why I call it. It's just a passion. I don't care if you give me money or not. But um, as long as I make people happy and laugh. So in these times, mm-hmm. I thought we need to do something. If we can't do a comedy show, at least we can do a video that will hopefully uplift people. So that's why, of course, I called you George because mm. you're the master at doing videos and you're my homie. And I know we're going to do something really special. So look forward to that. Yeah. Coming out, we're going to get started on that. Uh, Real soon. Yeah. We got, yeah. So we started working on uh, the little happy video project and that should be dropping as soon as I do it, you guys will be the first to hear about it on TikTok here, Instagram. Um, but yeah, other than that, dude, we are solid. Uh, we do have a video coming out. Um, if you guys want to go on my Instagram and look for that, it is uh, George Wang Jr. And uh, we did this little commercial for a friend of ours. And then hopefully when everything gets better and back to normal... We definitely can start to uh, uh, get back on shows. Yeah, we'll do a show. ASAP. So, wh- where can they find you? Uh, Tony Hogan and Comedy by Tony on Instagram. Tony Holgeen. Okay. On Facebook, and uh, I working on getting on TikTok. I'm old school, so I kind of <laughs> I need to get on the new shit. So as soon as I can, I'll be on TikTok. Awesome, dude. All right. Well, you guys know what time it is for me. George Wayne Jr., Waynesboro, Periscope, TikTok, George Wayne Jr. And uh, big shout out to you guys. Stay safe, wear your mask, and make sure you stay six feet apart. All right, we're out of here, guys. Peace. Later. So what are you going to do? Or you're going to edit? Yeah. Everything? Cool. You want another beer? You feel the last one? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Go down. Go down. Yeah, it's you guys are good, right? Yeah.
tasty. Good. <laughs> <laughs>